Hey, good morning, Bueller MB. You know how I like to mix things up occasionally, so everybody in the foyer, if you can hear me, you should come into the auditorium. Good morning. What? Yeah, okay. Before we get started, why don't you find somebody, even if you have to go out into the foyer, and say, hey, I'm so glad you're here, and shake their hand and say, what do you know? Let's greet each other as we get started today. Let's see if that helped. Oh, it only helped a little, but we got a few more people in, right? Uh, well, good morning. Welcome to Bueller MB. My name's Kurt. This is Dustin. We're the pastors here, and we're so glad to have that role. Um, we want to go over, uh, again, we kind of have a lot going on today, but um, we want to go over a couple of things to get started. Uh, so if you have your bulletin, you can get that out too, but Dustin's going to walk us through some important stuff coming up. Yeah, so just a couple of announcements and things coming up, like Kurt said. Uh, First thing is, for Wednesday night, uh, there will be one more uh, youth group. So for junior high and high school, this will be our last Wednesday night uh, of the school year. There won't be any jam. That, that is over. Uh, there's no meals either, but there is a youth group. There's also on right, Wednesday night... Wait, wait. So this is, yeah. So this is the last youth group per regular, right? Is that yep, true? Yep. Okay. Making then sure. the summer comes. Then summer um, comes. Yes. And then uh, also on Wednesday, there'll be a prayer gathering. So you're welcome to continue to, they're going to keep meeting. So yeah. come join the prayer gathering. Are you guys going to be in the fellowship hall at all? We'll see. <laughs> okay. So Maybe. prayer gathering, we'll watch the sign in the front. We'll be somewhere. Uh, we made it last week, so we'll be somewhere again. Also coming up on May the 5th, which is also the National Day of Prayer, uh, the local pastors and leaders have kind of gotten together and we're going to put together a prayer walk around Bueller. So I believe that's going to start at 6.30 over at Sunshine Meadows and we're going to take a prayer walk uh, through our community and pray for our community. Yeah, and remember what I said for all of for the, okay, anybody that shows up is largely going to be an introvert is what i'm guessing that's a joke everybody relax but for those of you that might be a little more verbal i'm going to pick up the rear i'm going to pray some out loud i'd love to have a couple people pray out loud with me but i can do it by myself too anyway 6:30 at smrc we're going to go on a prayer walk yep also coming up in a couple weeks we're excited we're going to have church out at the pond out at the weedles pond and we'll have a couple baptisms so make sure you save the date there it's coming up might be a little chilly. <laughs> Might be a little chilly for the water, but we hope it'll be it. We're, we're, we're going to pray for a little less wind, yes? <laughs> yes, we are, so. Oh, and what are they supposed to bring for that? Okay, so I don't know what you've heard, but here's what I think I know. I'm going to look at the announcement because I see the bulletin, like, right now. Uh, on Church of the Pond Day, 
Church is going to provide hot dogs, hamburgers, chips, and stuff. So we're asking everybody else, all of us, to bring something probably for dessert. Not, I said probably. I didn't mean it. For dessert. And do you want to bring, you know, your gooey, cool dessert? No, you want to bring cookies, bars, something you can eat with your hands, right? That would be my recommendation. I'm looking for Gib or Judy, but I don't know if they're in the house today. But, uh, okay, are we communicating? Yes, church? Oh, now look, we're not going to have a good morning if everybody doesn't lighten up a little bit, for real. Everybody's got deer in the headlights today. Stop it! How long have I been here? Three years. That's plenty of time. Everybody relax, okay? All right, carry on, sorry. Yes. Poor Dustin. Yes. He doesn't know what to do with me either. <laughs> Um, so we wanted to take just a little bit of time to give you a little bit of update of what's going on with the youth group. Yep. Uh, we have been, and Ricky, I think I have a slide here, but we have been working towards going on a mission trip this summer. And so we've communicated this with parents and with the youth, and we have our group together, but we thought it'd be good to take just a couple minutes to kind of share a little bit of information with the broader church just on what's going on. And so uh, this summer for the high school uh, youth group, we're going to take a, a trip July the 9th through the 16th. And we're going down to South Florida. Maybe you saw on our fundraiser a couple of weeks ago. That's kind of where we had talked about. We have a partnering church that we're going to partner with. And so how the mission trip is going to work is we're going to go down and partner with this church for the week. Uh, we're going to serve them and we're going to serve uh, for Jesus and the kingdom. And so uh, that's kind of our goal. And we'll work out some of those details. And so the church that we've been partnered with, as you can see up on the screen, is the Bethel Evangelical Baptist Church in Miami Gardens. Now, if you Google that, uh, you have to kind of make sure it's in Miami Gardens because there's multiple churches with that name. So in South Florida. But so that's the church we're going to partner with. It is a Haitian church, so it'll be a little bit different culturally. But that's where we're going right now. We have about 29 people in our group. So we have a little over half as probably high schoolers, then a couple college kids, uh, some parents, youth leaders. And so we have a really good group going. We're excited. We're kind of preparing to, to go there and, and, and go serve and see what the Lord has for us. And so we're super excited. Uh, and that leads us to our next one, the next slide, Ricky, because we have like one more fundraiser coming up. Uh, we want to try to raise a little bit more money. And so if you notice May uh, the 21st, if you know what that morning is, that's the Bueller Citywide Garage Sale Days. And so uh, we've been kind of talking with our group, trying to do something that morning uh, to raise a little bit of money for missions. And so one of the things we talked about was putting together a garage sale. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to get together some food. We'll sell some like maybe breakfast food, lunch food. But one of the things we also want to do is try to sell some items or sell some treasures. So uh, we're going to first talk with our crew and our group and see if we have some items we want to donate to be sold that goes directly to this mission trip. But we also kind of will throw the, the plug out to the congregation if you're not having a garage sale and you'd have some items you'd want to donate uh, to, to us so we can sell. We'd be more than willing to, to kind of help sell and raise some money. So we'll get a little more details on that. I know that's only in a couple weeks, but we'll look forward to that to raise a little bit more money to go uh, straight to the mission trip so we can uh, go and, and serve and see uh, what, what God has in store. And <laughs> now, I know what some of you heard when you heard that announcement. <gasps> Great! I can get rid of some junk and give it to church. Okay, that's only sort of right, right? So think about the stuff that we think would sell that could be good for a garage sale, and you'd love to have that stuff, oh, right? absolutely. <laughs> the rest of the stuff, just be very kind to the youth group and the youth <laughs> pastor so that we don't have a bunch of stuff to take to 
I was going to say AR, uh, grand staff yep. or to the dumpster, okay? But we'd love to, if yeah. you have some stuff to donate for that, it'd be a great way to support the mission trip. Thank you for sharing about the trip. Um, it's going to be great. How many people did you say? 29. 29. That's awesome. Very good. Oh, so cool. So think about all that. And like Dustin said, there'll be more details coming as we go. Um, we have a little bit of family business today. Miss Janice, is your birthday coming up? Are you 85? Congratulations, Janice Clausen. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Absolutely. And, all of, if you're, and I, we have some guests, I'll get to that in a little later. But um, uh, if you're uh, a regular attender here, you know we recognize benchmarks like this. You just have to let us know. Uh, there's also something that we have dabbled around, and it's terribly ironic today. Um, we've been talking about it. It's May 1st, so the day has actually come. And I, wanna, to, I wanted to publicly for the church family to make sure I mention this. Uh, Mark, where are you sitting Mark, uh, stand up just for a sec. He's not really an upfront guy. I'm not going to stick a mic in his face. I could, but because uh, he's the guy that you know runs it and stuff. Mark has been on staff for oh my goodness. <laughs> he doesn't even know. He's been our part-time tech person, and uh, we have appreciated him at so many levels, guys. When when all these other churches, when COVID came around, were scrabbling to stream, I was like, ha. We've been streaming already. And that was largely because of Mark. Uh, his responsibilities are changing in his world, so he asked to be released from the actual position. The, Shell and Mark aren't going anywhere. They'll be around. And ironically, uh, uh, okay, so we're letting him go. He will continue to help in as many ways as he can, but largely we're trying to do stuff that he doesn't have to be here all the time. And his first day of not working here is today. Now, I won't tell you how ironic it was that the guys in the back are like, we've got a problem. <laughs> well, of course we do. It's Mark's first day gone. <laughs> so it's all good. Everything's fine. But wait, yeah, okay, you can sit down. But I have appreciated, it, it is so crucial to have tech volunteers and staff and support in this era, right? So I wanted us to say thank you to Mark. We haven't, I don't know how long it's been since we've done this. And if you're a guest, you'll get a kick out of this. We're going to appreciate Mark. Is everybody with me? Here we go. Hip, hip. Hooray. Hip, hip. Hooray. Hip, hip. Hooray. Thank you, Mark, for all that you've done. And I appreciate it a lot. And so if you see Mark, you can thank him. In the meantime as well, if you're interested in what we call production deck, the guys that sit in the back, if you're the kind of person that knows about office computers and stuff, would you please talk to somebody? We'd love to keep the volunteers team going up and up and up and up, okay? All right. That was a lot, and I knew there would be. Uh, but let's not forget, Ricky, what we're about. This is us. Uh, uh, we sometimes start with this. Sometimes we get to it about now. We are Bueller MB, and our mission is to love God, love others, and to make disciples. And we want to try to t intentionally, through God's power, to in uh, transform our communities. Amen? Amen? So we've got a little bit going on today, so I'm not going to take the mic around, but I appreciate when we share stories about it. So don't forget to share those stories and uh, this is who we are, this is who we want to be, this is who we believe God wants us to be, and we're going to continue at it. Today we've gathered here for worship, so I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you all to stand, and we're going to worship together. So let's stand together. 
God, we are so mindful of a beautiful day today. It is your day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God, I pray that you would grant us your presence in this place today. May the Spirit of God find freedom as we worship, as we hear your word, as we fellowship and have community together. God, I'm thankful for everyone here, and I pray that you would bless our time together. May the name of Jesus be worshiped and uplifted in every which way. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Perish, 
but have eternal life. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so
so good. We praise you this morning. We thank you, and it is in your name that we praise you. Amen. Go and have, have a seat. Uh, some of you savvy attenders realize we have some guests in the house today, and there's been a lot going on this weekend, so Dustin's going to give us a bullet. Yesterday was man day. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. And uh, tell us about man day. So I'll just give a brief report. I'm sure there's others here in the congregation that could give a little bit longer and more detailed, but I'll give a little bit of a brief because I was there and, and it was a blast, <laughs> and that's a pun intended, but it was a blast. It was a gas. A gas. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was a blast. There, it was, was a blast, blast. yeah. Yes, so it was. Uh, it was a good morning. Uh, I know there was a, a lot of good work, hard work put into it. And the whole reason for Man Day is for Jesus and the kingdom. And so uh, it was really cool to see the money raised. And I don't have the official number, but the number was somewhere around $150,000-ish. And that's to go to missions in Africa. So it's just a really, really cool thing. And it was just good to see uh, just so many people out here from the church and from other places just helping and did serving and doing that. Uh, I did get a ride in the car, so that was, that was fun. I <laughs> yes, still think indeed. I'm maybe cleaning dirt out of my beard and ears and all that kind of stuff. Yep, yep, but yep. It, it was a good day, and I'm sure you can talk to a lot of others here in the, in the congregation about yep. it. So. Yeah, and some of our guests, um, Virgil, stand up for a minute. And Virgil's in the house. He's uh, planning his own uh, mission thing with planes and stuff. And he brought some guests. If you're a guest of Virgil's and flew a plane, stand up just for a second. Wave a little bit. Wait, what? But I heard something. To, okay. All right. And yes, absolutely. There, there you are. It was Bob's voice. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome here. Glad to see you guys. Go ahead and have a seat. And um, that's all part of a big weekend. Right. But also, uh, you can go. Uh, I'm going to go in a minute. Uh, Kyle and Danae Schmidt are in the house. And I want to, these are new friends to me. I want to invite them up. And uh, they're old friends to a lot of you. And so we want to hear what's going on with them a little bit in their work, uh, their missions work in Africa. And um, after this service, when we get to about 11 o'clock, all the groups are invited to come hear them in the fellowship hall. They're going to share much more extensively then. Nod your head if you're following. Yes, okay. All right. So welcome. Good to see you guys. Um, I'm going to go sit down. Okay? Okay. You can go. <laughs> Catch on quick. Yeah, hey, we're buddies. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's really great to be here and to see you guys and yeah, we've been here this weekend, and Man Day was great. Um, yeah, what an incredible thing, and, and we're just really thankful that this community has really uh, taken that project on. It's, it's such a huge um, undertaking, but also such a huge blessing, and it's, it's changing the world a little bit at a time. So we're, we're thankful for that. Yeah, we're Kyle and Danae. We work with uh, Multiply, serving in, in West Africa, and... Um, yeah, so we serve, we partner with an organization there, which you guys know, and we'll, we'll talk more about that organization, yeah, after, after the service um, in our next time. But organization that we're with does a lot of uh, humanitarian work. Uh, there's a lot of needs in Africa, you know? And um, so we do a lot of humanitarian work to touch the physical needs of, of people there. But that is... 
um, it's, it's bringing the love of Christ to people through providing things that people really need that they're desperate for in the physical world. But it's, what that does is it's actually a, a gospel tool to get in the door, into communities, into people's hearts when they see the love of Christ that we demonstrate through, through acts of kindness. Uh, they actually then open up and are, are curious about that, and that's how, how we minister to people. And so, um, yeah, through, through, these, through these physical acts, we actually then uh, have the goal of church planning and raising up disciples and evangelists who can then go out into their, um, into their, back to their villages, to their people, and they can share the gospel much more effectively than I ever could in that context. And so, um, mandate actually is something that, that really contributes into that. And so, by you guys doing things like that, by you guys pouring into us and, and pouring into, um, yeah, the mission overseas and specifically in Africa, you're, you're really doing a great thing. And so, we just want to thank you for partnering with us. Thank you that you're, uh, each one of you is doing something in Africa. And, and we just want to acknowledge that and thank you deeply uh, for stepping into that, for saying yes to God in, in those ways. And so, yeah, uh, I, wanted, I also need to say good morning, hello from our church. All of our friends said, when you go back, you've got to say hi to everybody for us. And so the most effective way to do that right now is just to blanket hello, everybody, from all of our friends uh, back home. And... Uh, they're really thankful for you, too, and thanks for sending us. Yeah, so I just want to share um, a story, maybe two, depending on the time. I'm watching the clock. Um, about how discipleship and evangelism works itself out in our context. Um, our country is a Muslim country, 98, 99% Muslim. And so in that context, like... Um, it's not super effective to walk out on the street and just talking about Jesus. Um, you have to, um, yeah, be a little more covert about it. And so, like Kyle said, um, the, the strategy of, of the ministry that we're serving is um, to share the love of God and through that building relationships and, and that opens the door wide to, um, to um, people asking questions about about who is this love, who is this peace. And so, anyway, story to demonstrate that. Um, we have a neighbor, just like you. <laughs> um, we have a neighbor, um, her, this um, young woman, young girl, um, I don't know, 18, 19 years old. Her name is Bishara. That's not her real name. Um, but she comes from a large Muslim family. And um, when she was really young in grade school, um, she got really sick and missed a lot of school. She fell behind, she wasn't able to catch up, and eventually um, she just dropped out. And this is a very common story for a lot of um, kids in, in our country. She, okay, yeah, so she, now she's 18, 19 years old. Her father um, one day was speaking with um, our pastor, who is also his neighbor, and, um, and the pastor says, well, you know, um, we have this um, women's training center, the sewing center, out in another city, and if you would like, we can um, make arrangements for her to go out to the sewing center and learn how to sew and learn a trade, and so she could become self-sustainable. Um, 
and the father lit up at this. Um, he knew that this was a, a Christian ministry. Um, he's talking to the pastor, after all. And, um, but he was really into this idea of like his daughter growing and learning um, a, a, a trade. And so um, he sent his daughter across the country. Um, because it was across the country, she doesn't know anybody. And so she stays with um, um, our ministry leader, another ministry leader's mother. Okay, we'll call her Mama Saj. Um, so she's staying with Mama Saj. And um, after a couple months, you know, she's just feeling a different sense in this home. And she observes that Mama Saj wakes up super early every morning and she's on her knees um, praying. This is not uncommon, like she grew up Muslim. She knows that people wake up really early and pray. But what was different was um, Mama Saj is praying to Jesus and she noticed that like whenever they would pray together as a, as a you know, family, um, they would pray for things that, you know, impacted um, Bishada's life, and, and it, would, it would happen. And so one day, one day she wakes up, and, um, or Mama Stule is praying, Mama Saj is praying, and she wakes up, or she, um, she, she lifts, her, lifts her head, opens her eyes, and um, Bishada is kneeling there beside her. And um, Bishada says, you know, I, I've observed this about your life. I've observed the love that you pour into me. I've observed the peace in this home, the love in this home, the hospitality that you have. And I've observed that this Jesus that you're praying to answers prayers. And so I want to pray to this Jesus. And um, that's current up to, well, the last I heard. I don't know. This story is still continuing, is what I want to say. Um, but this is how um, it flows very often. Um, believers demonstrate the love of God. They demonstrate peace. They demonstrate a lifestyle of surrendering themselves to Jesus. And through that, people see. Through that, people ask questions. And through that, people come to faith. And so, um, Mama Saj doesn't have much. But she, she's a widow, she's elderly, but she has opened her home to this young woman, and I think now she has five young women living with her who she's taking care of out of her pocket, and, and she's loving on them and demonstrating the gospel to them. And so I just want to encourage you that, um, well, it, it's challenging to us, you know, like our, our lives visible that we love and are following Jesus. So I want to pass that to you. Does your life demonstrate that you live for Jesus, that you love Jesus, that you follow Jesus, so much so that when people see it, they're like, you know, that's different, and i got to ask you about it. Um, so yes, use words. Yes, use words. Speak about Jesus. But may our lives reflect him. May our lives demonstrate his holiness, his goodness, his love, his gentleness to us. And so, um, yes. So be praying for people like, um, like Bishada, like Mama Saj, believers like uh, Mama Saj and, and um, our local pastors, um, that their lives will demonstrate the, the love of God, the gospel, that their lives will live out the gospel. And pray that um, 
yeah, that, that the people that they interact with, um, many, many people, many um, women visiting our clinic, many villagers who um, receive water from the, from the water wells, um, pray that these people will, um, will see something different, will want more than what they're experiencing. And um, yes, so another thank you from our church, another thank you from Mama, Mama Saj and, um, and our pastor. And um, yes, we love you. Uh, so remember, oh, don't leave. Come on now. <laughs> I get to say. Welcome, welcome back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I like these guys. Uh, you'll be able to. So uh, that was a great story. Uh, <laughs> Jesus is cool. <laughs> she said Jesus is cool. Um, duh. Um, while I would want to encourage you to stay at 11 to hear more stuff like that, the other cool part is you'll have a chance to talk to them yourselves and interact with them personally. But we know we, they are missionaries that our church supports financially. I know that we have a lot of relationships in this room that you could say, I know you, and that's awesome. So I'm going to pray for them, and I'm going to encourage you to stay at 11 to hear more and interact with them more, okay? Let's pray. Uh, God, we are so mindful of your work in the world, and very few of us are actually able to do what these guys are doing, and we're so thankful for them. God, what a great story. What a reminder that uh, even without direct conversation and words, this woman was able to show Jesus to this other young woman. God, I pray that for all of us, that we would be people that are interested in showing Jesus to everyone around us. God, I pray, uh, first of all, I'm thankful for all the safe travel and stuff these guys have been doing. God, I pray that you would be with them as they continue their stateside stuff. And God, I pray that even now you would go before them and you would uh, give them a safe trip back. And God, you would already be having marvelous adventures for them as they speak Jesus and uh, preach about the kingdom of God. God, we pray for safety, we pray for blessings, we pray for fruit, we pray for all of that, and more than anything, that you would show yourselves to each of them, Kyle and Danae themselves, more and more each day as they draw closer to you. God, we love you, and we love them, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys. <laughs> Thank you.
go ahead and have a seat. This morning as a congregation, as a spiritual community, we're going to share the Lord's Supper together. Uh, a couple of things I need to say as usual. We are a church that practices open communion. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are welcome at this table, and we encourage you to take it. Now, you know, sometimes I say this, sometimes I don't. There are times in all of our lives when we need to check our spirits, check our attitudes and whatever, and if there's a time, sometimes it comes when maybe you should let the day go and not share together. The Bible has some indications that that can be a good thing, but... Whatever you're, wherever you're at today, it's a reminder that that blood that we just sang about is what it's all about. And we celebrate that when we worship with communion. Broken body, shed blood of Christ. So if you are a follower of Jesus, welcome. Uh, just logistically, again, we have to do some of these things. There's gluten-free in the one tray. When we take the lids off, the, the, trays are still, the uh, cups are double stacked. There's a little wafer on the bottom and the juice is on the top. I'd like you to uh, uh, listen to the worship music when, after I pray here in a minute. And then we'll just go down the rows and you can come collect your double stack and go back to your seat. We will partake together. Okay? So it's a good time for reflection, a good time for a little uh, worship inwardly. And uh, just to recognize what Jesus has done for us. And that's what we're here to remember and celebrate. So uh, pray with me, please. Father, we are so thankful for the shed blood and broken body of Jesus. It is uh, the reason for our being. And it's the reason that we can have a repaired and restored relationship with you as the God of the universe, almighty creator. It's amazing. So God, as we remember today, may the name of Jesus be lifted up and worshiped as only it can be and should be. And God, I pray you would be with us as a church community as we celebrate this Lord's Supper together. May you bless it as we honor you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
I get overwhelmed. <laughs> I really love this family. <laughs> Can you tell? Anyway, that's one thing about this supper, right? It binds us together in Jesus. And everybody said, right. Paul says this, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Bueller Church, this is the body of Christ. Take and eat.
in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Bueller MB, this is the blood of Christ. Take and drink. Jesus, we are so thankful again for what you have done. We've just come past the Easter season where we remembered both the suffering servant, the atoning sacrifice on the cross. We remember and we thank you that it is finished. And more than ever, we remember that the tomb was empty. He's alive. Why would we look for the living among the, de the, the, living among the dead? God, we're so thankful, Jesus, for what you have done for us. And as we remember and worship this way, God, I, I pray that you would draw closer to each of us. May people see Jesus in us in all that we do. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Beth. Thank you guys for helping serve. Uh, boy, I got to tell you, we could leave, except I prepared something, so you have to listen. Uh, we could leave. Because Danae's story was powerful. I, I hope you didn't let it go in one ear out the other. And I hope you could stay and listen to many more. Oh, but in the meantime, we're talking about Acts. And so uh, I will tell you the uh, uh, neuroses of the pastor. <laughs> Psychoses, whatever. No, I'm really fine, I promise. Um, what should we talk about today? Well, I said we'd go back to Acts, so we're going to do Acts for a while. Even though we've got a couple of Sundays with stuff going on, we're going to keep up with Acts. Fortunately for us today, it's the shortest passage anyway. Terribly important passage. So here we are, we're in Acts chapter 4, and we're looking at what Acts has to say to us as we learn to live on mission. Remember the mission that the disciples had and what we then also have is to bear witness to the resurrection of Jesus, right? And we're still in Jerusalem, our little map from chapter 1, still in Jerusalem. We're actually taking off right where we left off last week. And so we go to after the miracle, the speech, the arrest, and the release. Quick, quick, quick today. Our beggar at the temple was healed by Peter through the power of God. And it caused a ruckus. I love the front rows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it caused a ruckus. It gave opportunity for Peter to what? Preach Jesus, right? And uh, unfortunately, it also attracted the authorities. That's what we found out last week. It attracted some of the Jewish authorities, and they weren't so happy. And um, they were so not so happy that they arrested them and said, hey, you guys got to stop doing this. And then we talked about what it meant to obey not humans, but to obey God. And that was the first time we're going to see that. We're going to see it again later on in Acts. And so now we are immediately after that, they got kind of uh, arrested, beat up in prison and let go. And here we go um, within verse 23 of Acts chapter 4. If you have a device or a Bible, whatever your pleasure is, or just watch it up here, I'd like to read the passage today because it's actually pretty manageable. Here we go. On their release, 
Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David, when you said, I throw in, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up. The rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness stretch out your hand to heal perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant jesus after they prayed the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and spoke the word of god boldly there's probably a, several ways i could address this passage so i'm just going to jump in and i first want to talk about the prayer itself so peter and john get released and they go immediately back to their homies. Uh, we don't have to know exactly who all this was, probably not all 5,000, at least a smaller group that were meeting in that upper room, right? Probably. And so they go back, and the first thing they do is pray together. Remember that. We're going to talk about that a bit, but remember that. They pray together. So here's the prayer, and uh, I just want to point out a couple of things. Um, uh, as you look at you can keep looking on your device or your Bible, and I'm going to put some other stuff up on the screen. But first of all, let's remind ourselves about this prayer that it's very important that it obviously addresses the one true God. Remember the culture they find themselves in, even though it was largely Jewish and the same God there, but they were in a culture where there wouldn't want to be any mistaking that they are addressing the one true God, the God who is sovereign. The, you know what that word means? He's in charge, totally it's Greek. Sovereign. He's, he has all the power. He's in control. That's the God. And that's how they start out this prayer. Sovereign Lord. And they even remind us why he's sovereign and why we consider this because he's the one that made everything. I love this little uh, statement in verse 24. You made the heavens, the earth, the sea, everything in them. That's, that's, their, that's everything they knew. We, have, we think we're so smart with science and, and universe studies and whatever. We think we might know more. Than, but uh, it, it doesn't matter. They're saying we're acknowledging God as being creator of everything we know. Heaven, earth, uh, the seas, the sky, you know, just everything. So it's a marvelous reminder. This is kind of a dub, but they address God, the one true God, appropriately. Um, and then they do this interesting thing. They do a little throwback. They, they find this passage from Psalm 2, actually, and they do a little comparison and sort of say, yeah, God, just like always, the rulers and people of the earth are messing with you. Again, more Greek for those of you paying attention. Um, but so they, say, they take this passage from Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? And they say, they use that passage to say it's always kind of been like that. And now look, it's happening again in the New Testament. Because guys like Herod and Pilate, they're, they messed with 
your Messiah, because that's who he was talking about, the word was talking about in Psalm 2 that they're quoting. Uh, Here it is again from uh, verse 26. The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord, against his anointed one, that's the Messiah, And they're saying, look, it's happening again, Lord, all these hundreds and thousands of years later, the rulers and stuff are messing with your plan. And then it's great because they say, but you kind of knew that, and it was kind of your plan anyway. See how the addressing the sovereign God who's in control, they mix that in and say, we know they're messing, but you kind of knew that. So they address God appropriately as the one true God and say, Here's what's happening, and uh, the interesting part is now they're mixed up in this whole process because rulers are messing with uh, the Messiah, Herod, Pilate, but now these other rulers are messing with us, and we're the Messiah's agents, and they're starting to mess with us because they told us to shut up, and we can't. So um, again, a marvelous picture of God and his control over the whole situation. Then let's not lose sight of something really important about this prayer. As they acknowledge God and go before him and acknowledge history and relate it to their particular situation, their first thing is to, their their big thing is to ask for boldness. Because when they talk about we want boldness to preach the word, it's another way of saying we want to do the mission you have called us to do. And these human rulers and authorities are trying to mess with that And we want you to give us courage and boldness to carry it out. That was really their singular focus in in most ways to say whatever else is going on. And and I should have said this a little quicker, but uh, we don't know. You know, it depends on the guys. Remember, I talk about guys that are smarter than me that I use their work in in commentaries and online and all that. Uh, This may not be quotes exactly of what this, this could have been a longer gathering a longer prayer this is maybe a summary of what was said the important parts again spirit spirit led writing of luke and so we don't know you know maybe what all was going on but it looks like their biggest thing was after addressing the god of the universe their creator they said we want boldness how about that we're going to get to more of that in a minute so that's the prayer Uh, addresses God, talks about Old Testament stuff coming around in our time, and then what we want to do is we want to ask for boldness. Oh, I did throw in, but they did say, yeah, and you know, if you want to throw in some signs and wonders, that'd be great. Because in their experience, signs and wonders caused a ruckus, and that caused them to have opportunity to live on mission and preach Jesus. Okay, so that's the prayer. Uh, That's just real quick. I'm going to watch my clock just a little bit today. Uh, It's important for us to also remember the effects of the prayer because this is huge. So they have this prayer time. We don't really know how long it was, if it was all day or all night, a quick little prayer. We don't know. Again, if Luke was sort of boiling it down for us, let me give you the big picture or the the right shot you need to hear as the Spirit inspires me to write this. Um, uh, But... The effects of the prayer should not be neglected. And so especially look at verse 31. That's where you see this. First of all, the meeting place was shaken. I like this saying, but it's so dumb to say it. And uh, I only like it because it has emotionally spoken to me in, in my life in the past. You say, here's the situation. It was hard and whatever, but God showed up. 
Okay, and some of you can relate and you say, yeah, I like that saying too, but it's really dumb because guess what? God's always there, right? <laughs> but in this case, after they prayed, guess what? God showed up. <laughs> Isn't that cool? The place was shaken. So uh, again, um, in my opinion, just a real affirmation that God was present and God was moving and working. But here's this thing again that we cannot lose sight of. Luke says the believers were filled with the Holy Spirit. Folks, we have talked already a few weeks, and we've seen uh, just a few narratives, a few stories of this, but you have to be struck by this statement when it comes up. The ruckus happens, Peter stands up and was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's happened twice already. So here we are, they run back, he and John run back, the, the group, the believers are praying together, and Luke specifically says again, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, <laughs> uh, we could have really robust discussions on what that looks like practices probably, but whatever it looks like, it, ha it should be something that we're very open to, and probably even seek a little bit. So what that looks like is we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit like they were after they prayed. Well, I'll get to that more in a minute. Uh, but uh, so the place was shaken. The believers were filled. But here's the part to not lose sight of either. God answered their prayer in the major affirmative. They asked to speak boldly. And so Luke says, well, place shook. We were filled with God's spirit. And we spoke boldly. <laughs> That's pretty cool, just to see the affirmation that God was able to give them when they asked for it. Okay, now, that's all a little bit of just, I, I didn't want you to think I was neglecting some pretty important stuff, but here's going to be the heart of the matter. Uh, we really need to understand the significance of prayer. Well, Kurt, you're a pastor. We talk about prayer all the time, sort of, right? Yep, because it's important. And here's what I want you to catch from this incident and from this prayer and what was going on with Peter and the gang back in these days as the church was being planted. We have to remember, people, and I know this seems like such a duh at first, but prayer is fundamental. It's absolutely foundational for believers. Absolutely foundational. Because if we say we exist to have a relationship with the God of the universe, the creator, the sovereign God, prayer is at the very least, it's our communication with him. And if we struggle with this, I want to encourage you to say we've got to get a grip on this as individuals, as a family, as churches, whatever, because prayer is absolutely foundational to uh, a believer's experience um, it's tempting we just don't have time today to piggyback on that and talk about how you can have a better prayer life and all that that is a great conversation I know there are people that would love to talk to you and I know I can look in this room and I, I have some idea already uh, you know prayer comes easier or harder for a lot of us right let's not forget how foundational and important it is in the life of a church in the life of a believer Secondly, uh, just to remind ourselves, prayer, uh, it acknowledges, it's what I was talking about, it acknowledges, worships, honors, lifts up, uh, says who he is uh, to God. It acknowledges God. And again, the true, correct God. Uh, we live in a world not unlike the world that the first church found themselves, where a lot of things 
try to distract us or try to get our attention, try to put themselves number one. And so we need to remember that prayer is the thing that draws you back to putting God on top where he belongs. Of your priorities, of your interests, of your passions, God belongs there and prayer helps us keep him there. So it acknowledges and worships and honors God. And, and finally, what, the fascinating thing about this is that's really fun. If you look at verse, oh, I forgot what verse it was. Right when they got back, uh, um, Peter and John tell the story, verse 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. They raised their voices together in prayer to God. So what we see is prayer can really be a unifying, binding together thing that reminds us who we are as one body in Jesus. Um, There's a quote I want to give you. I forgot. Uh, Oh, this one I wanted to, I I skipped over one real quick. Um, the importance of prayer for number one from one of my, uh, I have two commentaries I've been using, and uh, my buddy Schnabel had a great line. I'm sorry that I skipped over it. Followers of Jesus reserve time for prayer because they yearn to be in the presence of their Father in heaven. So that's a reminder of how foundational prayer is. Followers of Jesus reserve time for prayer because they yearn to be in the presence of their Father in heaven. That's how foundational prayer is. Okay, then back to the unifying one. Here's my other guy, and his name is, last name is Howard, Marshall, Marshall, Howard Marshall. The effect of persecution was to bind the members of the church together so that there was a common desire to pray. So here's the deal. Um, We had a situation where Peter and John were in a lot of trouble. They had a common concern, and when they got back together, they were drawn to what? Oh, they were drawn to hire a lawyer. Nope. They were drawn to start the protest march. Nope. They were drawn to rally the crowd that was there. Nope. What were they drawn together to do? Right. They were drawn together to pray. And you can see how when you put that God relationship first, even in the midst of persecution, it binds you together. So I was thinking about the most ridiculous uh, illustration I could take for us. When we get prayer and prioritizing our God relationship first, it can even make a small town be unified with a guy from a bigger city. It can make a a golden wheat fields of the plains congregation be okay with a guy that likes the mountains. It could even be a church in the middle of chief's country. Okay, you got the rest, right? That's what prayer does. It binds us together in Jesus even with all our, and all those other things then start not to matter. And we could talk about um, things like, well, uh, other interests you have. That doesn't, that's not what binds us together. It's, it's God, it's Jesus. Um, and we pray and it binds us together. It doesn't matter what your vocation is, what you do, who you are, even your ethnicity, or, you know, whatever that looks like. That's how it, crucial prayer can be to a group when you pray together. It is actually so helpful to binding us together in unity. So uh, you can tell I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a, a, a drive-by today, but I think these are the important things to get from this passage. Now, what we have talked about is what we're taking with us from Acts for us. 
And so we've, I've put up a screen like this in the past, and it kind of some re, 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 reviews some of the stuff and maybe so. What are we taking with us from a short little passage like this on prayer? Uh, first, really, people, we have to grasp the significance of prayer. Uh, there was an era in my seminary training or my career experience, whatever, um, when we were trying to grow churches and the, the uh, conventional wisdom was, well, don't tell people to read their Bible more and pray more. Don't do that because it'll just turn them off. We've learned a little bit from those days. And so, look, I'm not reprimanding anybody. I'm not, you know, some parent figure wagging my finger at you. But look, prayer is absolutely foundational. It is so significant. We must be a praying people. Individually, families, groups, as a church, we must be a praying people because then we are putting God at the top of our importance pyramid, of our passion pyramid, of our devotion, whatever you want to call it. We're putting God in his place when we know how to pray. And I want to encourage you. It's okay if you struggle a little bit with praying, but you don't give up working on it. Talk to others. Just try it. You're like, well, Kurt, you're such a verbal dork. I mean, it must be easy for you. Yeah, you know, but you don't want to be in here. You know I have trouble focusing sometimes, so I struggle with prayer too. Don't give up. God wants that relationship with us, and that is, it's, it's foremost, firstly, through prayer and communicating and communing even with him. Significant, very significant. And then I would say, let's, what also helps is to make sure we're coming before him and asking the right things. Now, let's be clear. It isn't just asking God for things all the time. Good night. No, no, no. Uh, acknowledging who he is, the worship part, the devotion part, and uh, thanks, thankfulness. We could have a whole little prayer, little seminar, but again, no time today. So it's not all about asking things. But when you do get around to the asking, let's ask the right things that we're learning from Acts. First of all, how about asking God to fill you with his spirit? You know how frightening that is for some of us? Because <laughs> you don't know what that might look like. Because that means you might not be in control all the time. And it might mean you're surrendering to that God of the universe who is sovereign and creator of all things. So think about the right things to ask. And maybe the first one should be, God, just fill me with your spirit. And then maybe second, right below that should be, <laughs> you know, this is why we're talking about Acts. God, help me to live on mission. Or from Danae's story, help people to see Jesus in everything I do, how I live my life. That's what this passage reminds us of. Short little passage after an incident. We're going to see a lot more fun stories and incidents and things like this. But when we pray, which is foundational, are we asking for the right things? Are we centered on the right things? His spirit filling us and boldness to do mission. And then I would just say, let's not forget those fun effects of the prayer. So, hey, church, families, individuals, expect God to work and watch him work. Expect God to work and watch him work. I don't know if buildings will shake. I just remember my thing uh, early on in Acts is the spirit of God gets to dictate how he manifests himself in all of our lives. We can't really control that, duh. But boy, uh, so again, I don't know if we'll have rooms and buildings shake, but just watch him work when you expect him to move mightily and when you ask for the right things. So, hey, this short little passage 
short little passage is a reminder of how important prayer is. And I want to encourage you, if nothing else, try and experiment and tell yourself every morning when I get up, I'm going to ask God to fill me with his spirit and to show me opportunities to be Jesus. Just try that little prayer every morning for a while and see what happens. And then if you're a verbal guy like me, get alone somewhere and just pray your heart out. If you're inward not verbal and, and can think better than I do, get alone with God and let it be contemplative and just let God know you are seeking Him. Whatever it looks like. I think that ends up being the most important part of this passage to see how Peter and John, when they had this traumatic experience, as it were, gathered with their people, their spiritual community, and they prayed. Pretty good lesson for us all to learn. God, thank you for this morning. I pray that as we consider what it looks like to live on mission, we'd be reminded of all of these accounts and we take to heart how your spirit worked in the early church. So I pray, God, you would help us be a praying people. God, help us to be praying fathers and mothers, husbands and wives, men and women, and help us to be praying families and help us to be praying groups and help us to be a praying church. As always, God, we pray that you would make Bueller and be exactly the church you want us to be. Father, I'm thankful for this morning. Uh, God, I pray as we leave this room that you would bless anyone who has given a gift or an offering on their way out. I pray that you would bless and use uh, the tithes and offerings for the building of your kingdom. And God, I pray that you would draw near to everyone who needs your touch today. Uh, so many needs represented in this room. God, I pray that you would draw near and that they would know, everyone would know that you are working and moving mightily. So God, I thank you for this morning and pray that even as we uh, go from this place, you would bless us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So thank you for coming today. Remember at 11 o'clock in the fellowship hall, maybe a little bit after 11, we'll get everything set up. Um, come here, Kyle and Danae, more extensively. Oh, yes. And if you have your communion cups, I almost always forget this. There's a trash can on the way out. That helps us not have to send somebody through the pews if you take yours and throw them in the trash can. And on the way out, receptacles, offerings, tithes, appreciate generosity. And if you have a prayer request or other connection, drop a card in the receptacles as well. We'd love to keep up with you. Okay? All right. Uh, we got 15 minutes, enough time for some coffee. And there might even be a nice little treat in the fellowship hall if you go in there. Peace.